welcome in to the Get Out of Form podcast. I'm your host, Joe Wilkie. In this week's episode, I want to take a look at the idea of codependency. This is something that we see actually in a lot of addicts, and you may be listening going, well, duh, it's about addiction. And I'm actually talking about the codependency in relationships. A lot of times it is used or is popular in the circles of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, things like that, specifically in dealing with alcohol or drug addiction. And I do think that there is an aspect of, of the sexual addiction coming in, but I'm talking more about codependent relationships. What are we to do with codependent relationships? And why am I talking about this? As I said, we see a lot of this. I specifically see a lot of this in my therapy work with clients who really struggle to set boundaries with people. They're either always giving or they're always taking. Psychology Today talks about codependency. It says healthy relationships are mutually beneficial, providing love and support to both parties. Codependent relationships, on the other hand, are one-sided, casting one person in the role of the constant caregiver. By being caring, highly functional, and helpful, that person is said to support, perpetuate, or quote-unquote enable a loved one's irresponsible or destructive behavior. For example, helping an inebriated spouse navigate an embarrassing situation or providing living quarters for a substance-using adult child is said to be counterproductive, a way of forestalling recovery and actually perpetuating the problem. According to this way of thinking, creating emotional distance from the troubled loved one is necessary and beneficial for the codependent partner. It is a way to expose them to the negative consequences of their behavior. Really, it's an attachment issue. It's, it's one where you're trying to attach to the other person. You're trying to keep them close. You're trying to keep them happy at all times. And we look at that and we say, well, a lot of spouses co- are, are codependent. They can't live without their, their, other, their addicted, porn-addicted spouse. And so they fail, to, they fail to support them in the ways that they're supposed to. And they end up, quote-unquote, enabling them by whatever means uh, necessary. And to be honest, I don't see that near as much as I see the addict himself, him or herself, being codependent with others where they are highly enabling of others, specifically in porn use. So sure, as an alcoholic, uh, getting kicked out of the house or, or laying down firm boundaries or whatever is a great way for a spouse to take back some of the control to make sure they're not enabling. They're setting appropriate boundaries that will cause the addicted loved one to find themselves and, and to go on a journey where they actually have to get better and they can't mooch off of the love or the support or the enabling of others. They have to find love and support themselves within themselves. Well, when it comes to sex addiction, we're not seeing wives giving, and I guess it does happen, but we're not seeing wives giving their husbands porn uh, or, or enabling them in that way. A lot of times you might say they're enabling them by keeping them in the house. But this is easier said than done, especially if the man is the breadwinner and Porn is extremely common. So women struggle to say, should I kick him out? Am I enabling him? Am I enabling by not removing him from the situation? Is he making my kids unsafe? Whatever it may be. Most of the time, no. And most of the time of kicking him out, if the man is unrepentant, I think you, from a biblical point of view, should do Matthew 18. Go to him, take another person as you go to them, uh, go to him and then take him before the eldership and, and expose his deeds. If he's not if he's not coming clean, if he's not trying to get clean. However, what I really wanted to focus on, again on the back end here, is addicts who are codependent in that they take care of everyone else around them. Say, well, that doesn't seem to make sense there. What do you mean they're enabling everybody else? No, it's more that the codependency is this unhealthy relationship where they are trying to support, but it's a very one-sided thing. And other people get used to taking that from them, and they say, oh, they're such a caring and loving person. 
How could somebody who's addicted to porn be such a caring and loving person doing so much for so many other people? I've touched on this in the podcast before, but what does that sound like? They're struggling with emotions. They're struggling with feeling loved. And you know what's a great way to feel loved? Porn. You know what's another great way to feel loved? Doing so many things for so many people. If I can have as many codependent relationships in my life where they actually are reliant on me, I can feel loved by that. I feel like now I am somebody who is is worthy of being loved because I'm taking care of them, therefore I'm taking care of myself, if that makes sense. It's all about love. It's all about connection. It's all about, once again, we fail to support ourselves, we fail to get support, but I can certainly support somebody else, and that's pretty close. So we create a lot of codependent relationships in our addiction sometimes so as to feel very loved, and especially if it's fueled by guilt and shame, then we feel like we have to ratchet up all the good deeds we do to overcome all the bad deeds we do. I'm going to make sure that my kid gets everything that he wants. I'm going to make sure that my spouse, that whatever she wants me to do, I'm going to do. And there's an aspect of that, maybe as we get into recovery and the boundaries and everything else, sure, but we're talking going above and beyond to make sure no one can ever be mad at you. No one can ever have a bone to pick with you because you will do anything and everything and you'll drop whatever you're doing, setting no boundaries in the process to go do it because you want to be loved. You want to feel worthy of love. Porn makes you feel unworthy, so you overcorrect to the other side. You swing the pendulum back to the other side where you are finding your worth in being everything to all people. What you do is, unless that's you're the Apostle Paul and you're guided by the Holy Spirit and and you know, unless there is a, a spiritual aspect to this, you can't give what you don't have. So you are actually depleting all of your resources. You're not setting any boundaries for yourself. And you go, well, why should I set boundaries for myself? I'm a porn addict. I'm, I'm shameful. I'm dirty. I'm disgusting. Why should I set boundaries? Why would I advocate for myself? Well, welcome to the addiction. That's why you're there. That's why you can't get out of the addiction. Because you fail to set boundaries and stand up for yourself. You're not worthy of being stood up for because you're an, you're an addict. But you wouldn't be an addict if you felt worthy of being stood up for. So it's kind of a catch-22 and it's a chicken or the egg situation. Which one comes first? When you dig into classic attachment and you go back to see what was the attachment like with their parents, you find this has been happening for a long time for most addicts. So we know which one came first. We know which one the chicken was. The chicken came first, of course. But... We know what the chicken was that came first, which is they've been taking care of their parents or they've been enabling or taking care of other people's emotions for maybe decades at this point, going back to their childhood. When they find love by being all things to all men, you know, so to speak, and and by changing themselves from an IFS perspective, you have the addict that's coming up when, when they're starting to feel worthless. They're starting to feel like, man, I'm no good to nobody. The addict comes up or... The striver comes up who's going to be perfect. Or Mr. Nice Guy comes up. And Mr. Nice Guy wants to to smooth everything over and to make everybody feel amazing. And Mr. Nice Guy is going to take on everybody else's emotional responsibility and weight. So he's weighed down. Well, how do you get out from under the weight of everybody else? You run to your addiction. What happens if you were to let everybody down? Well, now we're we're getting into the exiles and the things that you don't want to feel. And so... If we blend these two, the IFS with the codependency, we start realizing what parts are coming out to play and why this is such a problem for addicts in taking care of everyone else's emotions. 
they can't just take care of their own emotions and sit there because they don't feel they're worthy and because they don't get the love that they want when they don't. They need that dopamine rush of porn, but they also need that dopamine rush of, uh, that, that comes in when they're taking care of somebody else. They feel really good. They feel energized. They feel loved. If this is describing you, you need to ask yourself, you need to do some IFS and go internally, close your eyes and ask yourself, what parts are speaking up for me right now? And why? What is it that Mr. Nice Guy, the enabler, the codependent Mr. Nice Guy needs to say? He's bearing the emotional weight of maybe a lot of people in his or her life. And maybe this goes back to when you were a kid and you were made to feel less than by your parents if you didn't take care of their emotions. If you found yourself walking on eggshells all of the time and you had to be hyper aware, this is why a lot of addicts are, are very good empaths, they're hyper aware of everyone else's emotions. The porn is merely an escape from that. So if this happened to you and you're recognizing from an attachment perspective, wow, I've always taken care of my parents' emotions. I've always taken care of my siblings' emotions. Maybe I was the oldest and my I had to protect my siblings. And this has been a pattern all the way through your life. You need to go back and work through the trauma of that. You need to go back and give your younger self. For me, maybe little Joe needs to hear from me it's okay if, if you just take care of yourself. And you're not a worthless person if you let people down. You're not a worthless person if you can't take on the emotional weight of the world. That doesn't make you anything less than human. And it's a beautiful thing to take care of yourself, first and foremost. Because then you will, once, once you're grounded in God, once you're grounded in yourself, you will have more bandwidth, so to speak, to go help others. But as long as you are neglecting yourself in order to go take care of others, you're creating the codependency where they start relying on you and they can't take care of themselves. Well, Joe will do it. He's always been there. He'll, he'll show up every single time. And I can always talk to Joe about this or whatever it may be. That may be true, but is Joe setting good boundaries? Or am I failing to set boundaries in my life and then running to porn because I can't handle the emotional weight of what I've taken on? Maybe we need to learn to set boundaries. Maybe we need to learn why we have failed to set boundaries before this and stop being codependent. Maybe I need to go back and speak with little Joe and let him know that he's overwhelmingly worthy of love and he doesn't have to take on his parents or siblings or anybody else's emotions right now. He needs to take on his own. He needs to own those emotions. He needs to sit and rest in those emotions and understand that, man, he's got to play the long game here. He's... he's so busy trying to help everybody else feel great about their lives that he's really cheating himself, robbing himself of a bright future because he can't see two steps ahead and see you're going to run out of time, energy, emotional, bandwidth, support, juice, whatever you want to call it, you're going to run out. So you may feel great today by doing this, but you will hit burnout and that's when people really get into relapsing and actually the addiction a lot of times takes an uptick at that point. They start getting into harder and more difficult things because now we're really dealing with feelings of worthlessness and feelings of, I'm not good enough. I'm not able to help people the way that I want to, and that's how I get love. When those moments hit and you start hitting burnout, things get really, really bad. Don't hit the burnout. Learn to set boundaries and learn to recognize even you at your worst is very worthy of love. Very worthy of love. Not worthy of rejection. Even you... Just taking care of yourself is worthy of love. You don't need to take on everybody else's emotions to have value 
and to have worth and to care for yourself. Make sure you feel worthy of being cared for too, not just those around you. I hope this has been helpful. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week.